Hey everyone, welcome back to Let Us Lead. I'm your host, Vishwadeep Banerjee. It's been two years now of COVID-19. We are in the second year now. The impact has been lethal. There's hardly any sector that has not felt its impact. We talk about healthcare, talk about small business, we talk about large-sized business, workers, daily wage laborers, uh, government, everywhere, every country has felt its impact. Now, I have been closely monitoring the situation. I've been studying about a lot of stats and data regarding the the impact it had on the economy, global economy, and then regional economy. I was also studying about how many people were losing their jobs and uh, you know what was its impact on the business, on the small business owners, on the daily wage laborers, on the big corporates. And that's because I, you know, my let us lead mission is aligned with that. So I, I had to notice all of that, I had to study all of that. Now, one particular report that caught my attention recently that came out in Gallup is the State of Global Workplace Report of 2021. Now, many of you does not know what Gallup is. Now, Gallup is basically an analytics and advice firm, just like your PwC or McKinsey. Now, there are many agencies like Gallup all around the world but I personally trust a lot of data and information that Gallup produces, as well as PwC, McKinsey, and a few more agencies. Uh, not because of any biasness, but just because uh, the sample size of this agency is much more. Because normally when you do this kind of study and analytics, if your sample size is small, then you cannot rely on the data. In case of Gallup, uh, they pretty much cover all regions of the world and their sample size is pretty good. Now, I thought of, you know, uh, after analyzing this entire report, of course, there are a lot of data points in this report. This is a 2021 report, but this talks about the state of global workplace, uh, you know, that the employee and the employers felt in 2020, throughout 2020. Now, this covers a lot of regions like United States and Canada, Latin America and the Caribbean, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Commonwealth and independent states. Uh, that's pretty, pretty much your Russia and former USSR countries, Middle East and North Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, East Asia, South Asia. South Asia is uh, of our interest because uh, South Asia basically means India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, that belt, right? So South Asia, when, when I talk about South Asia, you should know that uh, India is at play. Then it talks about Southeast Asia and then Australia and New Zealand. So you, you can see that the, the the survey pretty much covers the entire globe and the sample size is also very good. And I went through the entire report. Of course, the report contains so many data points. And if I talk about all those data points in this podcast, uh, in about five minutes, I'm sure you will go off to sleep. So I don't want to bore you guys with all the data points, but what I would do is I would want to talk about certain data points which I thought was very interesting and might be of uh, high importance to you. But certain data points like employee engagement or uh, how much of uh, money we lost uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, what's impact on the global GDP, uh, what has been the state of employees' uh, emotional well-being, right? 
how much anger, how much stress, how much anxiety employees felt throughout the world, how many people lost their jobs. So stuff like that, you know, many interesting stats, which uh, many of you might not been aware. I just wanted to, uh, you know, talk about those stats in brief. First, I would take you through this report on a global level. So I would just talk about certain surveys that Gallup conducted uh, at at, at a global level. I'll talk about the global data first just to make you guys understand the global impact of COVID-19 on the workplace. And then I would like to break it up into certain regions and show you which regions uh, dealt with certain things better and uh, which regions could not, right? So without wasting much of your time, let's get into this report. A lot of interesting stats, so keep listening. So the first thing that this report talks about is the overall life impact of COVID-19 last year. And there it says 45% of the people globally uh, say that their life has been affected by a lot uh, due to the coronavirus situation. So that's that's quite a lot. That's like almost half of the population of the employees that has been surveyed said that uh, their life has been impacted. Now, this also talks about uh, you know, 50% workers received less money uh, than usual from their uh, employer or business. Now that was that was understandable due to COVID nineteen. A lot of businesses uh, suffered financially, so I know a lot of companies could not uh, pay bonuses and checks uh, to their employees. So of course, if fifty percent workers says that they have received less money than usual from their employer, I I would uh, you know like to trust that data. But it also talks about thirty two percent of workers has lost their job or business. Now, that's quite a lot. Now, that's 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 a big impact. Nearly one in three people who had a job at the time of the pandemic say that they lost their job or business because of the COVID situation. Now, this uh, approximation that Gallup produces, they also translate this to the actual data. The actual data is just over 1 billion people has lost their jobs or suffered in business just over 1 billion people now people in india who does not understand 1 billion it's 100 crore little over 100 crore people uh, have either lost their jobs or suffered in business that's a that's a that's a massive scale then it talks about employee engagement and life evaluation now it talks about the, the employee engagement also suffered during the covid situation so now only 20% of the employees were engaged to work. Now, people who do not follow employee engagement stats for you, let me just uh, tell you that last 10 years, if I look at the uh, Gallup survey data regarding employee engagement, uh, they start with 2009 when employee engagement was at 12%, right? So employee engagement, you know, historically employee engagement across workplace has been uh, very low. Of course, there are some regions which uh, does well consistently, but there are other regions which, which uh, you know, do not do well. But globally, the employee engagement has always been low, uh, especially in the 21st century. And that is one hot topic. You know, I myself in my Let Us Lead movement talk about employee engagement a lot. I talk about various ways and methods to improve employee engagement. So I'm not surprised at all that, uh, you know, during the COVID situation, the employee engagement was a 20%. Rather, I was uh, 
you know, I was shocked that I, I thought it would go down a bit. Now, if I look at the last 10 years of data of employee engagement, employee engagement was averaging like between 2009 and 2019, uh, the employee engagement was averaging around 15%. All right, so 85% of the people globally, as per the Gallup survey, uh, said that they were engaged and 15%, I'm, I'm sorry, they were not engaged and 15% said that they were engaged. So this uh, stats of employee engagement was seeing a gradual rise for the last 10 years, 10, 11 years. So from 2009, it was 12%. Then in 2012, it, it rose to 13%. Uh, 2013 and 14, it was uh, plateauing at around 14%. Uh, 2015 it went to 15 percent 16 it went to 17 percent uh, 2018 it went to 19 percent 2019 it it hit a 22 percent so you know the employee engagement uh, which was historically low you know was actually going up so uh, you know a lot of organization was turning things around and it, it was going in the right direction uh, as per me but of course there would be a covid impact and due to the covid impact it fell to uh, 20% from 22% in 2019. If I look at this data, I'm, I'm pretty much okay with 20% during the COVID situation. And I think that the reason it did not go below 20, because I, I was expecting uh, below 20% employee engagement. And I think the one of the primary reasons that it did not go below 20%, um, th there are two things, right? Either the when employees were getting the news all across the internet and media that people were losing jobs people were suffering in business uh, those people who actually had a job uh, became became very serious in their job right they became wholly engaged uh, with the fear factor in mind that if they do not do well their uh, employers might hand them a pink slip or do a layoff right so the, the engagement might have been around 20% due to a fear factor at play. That's one, uh, you know, one thing that came across to my mind. The other thing that I was thinking about is the psychology of human beings. That during hard times, people people come together, right? So normally during good times, people do not come together. But during hard times, whenever, if you see historically, whenever uh, wars happened, whenever riots happened. Whenever barbarism happened worldwide or any sort of pandemic happened, any sort of social issues like today we talk about environment crisis and all. Whenever people go through a difficult situation, even in your family, uh, even if you have differences with your brother or sister, when you go through a difficult situation, normally people come together because when you go through a shared difficult situation, especially the shared difficult situation brings people together. Right. So I think that also could have been a factor wherein the engagement uh, you know plateauing at around 20% and did not go down so of course employee engagement at 20% is not a very uh, good news and good stats to look at but if i look at last 10 years of data where employee engagement was around 15% i would i would settle at around 20% because i think the uh, most of the organizations were going in the right direction and with the vaccinations going on and the COVID waves going away, uh, slowly people will come back to normal and the organization will again, um, hopefully start uh, walking the same path and employee engagement will again go up. So this is, this is one thing that I think, I mean, not only the pandemic uh, situation has impacted, but there are other factors at play for employee engagement. 
and even with pandemic or without pandemic the employee engagement cannot uh, lay at 20% right it, it has to go up so um, I'll, I'll talk more about employee engagement in later episodes but for, for now let me move on to the next set of data then it talks about how much uh, the employees were worrying about their jobs and about their life right so the what typically the survey pattern was that employees were asked that for the previous day you know how much worried you were and there 41% of the employees experienced worry right so that's also again a very interesting stat uh, 41% of people were worried uh, or felt worried all throughout the day yeah so that's also not a good stat to look at and if i again look at last 10 years of data uh, this was plateauing around 31 to 34%. Of course, this has pretty much shot up during the COVID situation, rightly so, because during the COVID situation, you, you whenever you turn on your TV or get online, you always get to see, uh, you know, death news or vaccination crisis, oxygen crisis, uh, the healthcare sector breaking down, people losing their loved ones. So. Of course, there's a depression and anxiety at play. So people getting worried about their jobs and family. Uh, this is not a data that is shocking. But of course, it's uh, sad that 41% employees said that they felt that, I mean, they were worried uh, all throughout the day. Then it talks about the daily stress level. So 43% of the employees experienced stress uh, during a lot of the previous day. Once again, not a good stat to look at. 43% people were stressed out throughout the day uh, it talks about a lot again if i compare this to the last 10 years average data that uh, that's around uh, 35 to uh, you know 37% so of course it's not you know as a big jump as compared to the daily worrying stat but uh, it's it's still a jump so what i'm trying to say is that the stress level at work i mean it, it, it's always there Right. It's not due to the COVID-19. It has suddenly shot up. It's, it was always there because if I look at the last 10 years of data, it talks about averaging at around 35 to 38% right, in that range. So if I look at how much percentage it has shot up, it's around 5 to 6%, which is fine, uh, provided COVID-19 you know, has brought in its own anxiety and fear. All right, let's move on to the next data. Let's talk about let's talk about daily anger. Now, how many people on this survey that how many employees uh, felt a lot of anger the previous day? And it, of course, it does not um, break it down to anger due to what due to you know what reason, but it just generally talks about did you feel angry throughout the entire day yesterday? And 24% of the employees experienced anger during uh, a lot of the previous day. So once again, I'll, this, this thing in the global data, just to remind all of you, uh, this is not uniform across all the countries and all the regions. So when I go down to the region-wise breakup, you will pretty much understand what I'm talking about. All right, then let's, let's go to the daily sadness report. 25% of the employees experienced sadness during a lot of the previous day. This again, if I look at last 10 years average data, uh, this was hovering around 15 to 18%. So I can easily say that it has shot up around 6 to 7% high uh, during the pandemic. So not, not a good data to look at, but 
uh, I think many of you would agree with me that uh, during the pandemic, of course, many of the employees would feel sad. Some some might be losing their friends, some their friends might be losing jobs, or they might have lost job, or they might have lost their close ones and relatives. So uh, the, it's it's an overall feeling. Again, it's a global data. when i go to region wise breakup you will get to understand which region suffered the most all right then we come to the environmental section it talks about environmental social and governance esg this section is called now this report talks about uh regarding environment what the employees felt regarding their country's effort to preserve the environment so this is a very optimistic report it says 62% of the employees were satisfied with their country's efforts to preserve the environment so this is this is optimistic right and as i was saying before that whenever uh, human beings get into hard times and shared struggle whenever confronts them people come together to work for it so as we see that uh, you know climate change uh, environment conservation this is a kind of a hot topic right now because uh, a lot of damage has been done Uh, to our climate and environment by the previous governments and generation and we are now facing the impact and so we are into that shared struggle right every country is facing the climate change impact and so you can see more or less uh, most of the uh, you know governments i mean a, a lot of countries and a lot of governments are not on the same page with a lot of topics but when it comes to environment and climate change uh, you can pretty much see that all the countries are coming forward and trying to contribute that's because uh, this is impacting everybody just like during the pandemic most of the countries uh, you know were coordinating and cooperating with each other because it's a shared struggle so uh, so i think this is a good stat to look at uh, that 62% of the people were satisfied with their country's effort to preserve the environment once again uh, this is a global data this does not mean that all the countries uh employees felt the same way there were countries where employees felt better there were countries where employees felt their their country or government was doing nothing regarding it i mean when i go to the next section i'll talk more about it then i come down to a uh, social data uh, which says 14% 14% of employees say that they were not treated with respect all day on the previous day all right now if you if you want to analyze this one uh, i i i got to tell you the last 10 years what has happened all right now this particular data which we are looking at 14% people uh, felt that they were not treated with respect by their employers uh, the previous day now this particular the same survey gets taken almost every year by gallup and from 2009 if i look at till 2016 this was averaging around 15 to 16% all right so 15 to 16% of the people during uh, you know uh, that time from 2009 to 2016 uh, felt that they were not being treated with respect by their employers all right and this particular data got reduced a bit uh, in 2017 uh, 2018 and 19 which where it was averaging around 12% right so during 2017 18 and 19 um seems like a lot of employers uh, treated their employees uh, better than uh, the, the previous 5 6 years and during the pandemic i mean 2019 it was around 12% and 2020 it shot up to 14% so 
of course there's a minor impact we can say but still uh we 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 can see that there has been an impact where a, a lot of employers were losing money you know their business was suffering and maybe that could have impacted uh in their mistreating a lot of employees which is not good but again this is something this is something that we have to deal with now some countries like ethiopia registered around 43% 43% uh, employees in ethiopia surveyed uh, said that they weren't treated well the previous day by the uh, employer so as i was saying that the, the global average might be at around 14% but if you look at uh, region wise or country wise you will find there were some countries where employee were Um, mistreated on a mass scale and there were countries where employees were treated better right so countries like ethiopia where 43% employees were not treated well as per the survey japan's percentage of employees who experienced uh, lack of respect on the previous day was around 29% right so again although the global average is at around 14% uh, you see countries like ethiopia at 43% and countries like japan around 29% that that's basically what we are going to look at when we go into the region wise uh, breakup and stats and that's going to be interesting too so let's go to the next one so the next topic was governance uh, and it talks about how the employees felt uh, regarding the topic of corruption uh, within the business uh, in in their country and this is where the data is not looking good so it says 69% of employees say corruption is widespread within businesses located in their country 69% so almost 70% employees were saying or said that uh, during throughout 2020 uh, they felt that uh, their business houses were corrupt you know overall in their country businesses were corrupt right so that's not a good data to look at however again just to put it in perspective Let's look at last 10 years data was this always uh, around 70% or was it low and then suddenly during the pandemic situation it shot up to 69%. So when I look at last 10 years of data um we we hardly see any difference. So I think it's it's not a impact during a pandemic situation. So I think overall uh if I if I'm looking at data like 2009 uh 70% of the employees uh you know said corruption is widespread within business and, and then 2010 it was 68 2011 it went up to 70 once again 2012 it went to 69 2013 it uh you know it was it stayed around 69 it dropped to 65% in 2014 uh 2015 went to 67% 2016 uh once again 70% 2017 67% 2018 70% 2019 it dropped to 68% and 2020 during the pandemic it went up to 69%. So if you look at last 10 years of data uh there's hardly anything to choose from right this is hardly any trend that I that I see uh rather I see that uh you know a lot of years 69 and 70% where you know it's the range it's a normal range that has been sitting at so it's, which is not good right Uh, i cannot say that this is an impact of pandemic uh with a lot of confidence looking at this data i can say that pandemic or without pandemic more or less 70% of the employees globally feels that their businesses uh, or their leaders are corrupt and again when i go into region wise breakup you will you will understand which particular region uh, you know employees feel this way the most and which particular region 
uh, employees feel that their business houses are less corrupt. So I'll, I'll go to that later on. All right. So before I go to the next section, which is uh, about region-wise breakup of these data points, I, I just wanted to let you guys know one thing that this is a very, very detailed report. All right. This is a 191 pages report. Uh, what I'm talking about is some of the data points that I think uh, you know might interest you uh, because definitely these are certain things that I look at uh, every year uh, and I wanted to share with you guys. But if you want to go through the entire report, look at the entire data points, as I said before, you can let me know. I can send you the link and you can download the report and uh, look at it. Right. So before I go to the region-wise breakup of all these data points that I just talked about, I just wanted to let you guys know a, a very, very important and disturbing stats regarding the effect of low employee engagement on the global economy. All right. And hear me out. Gallup says, Gallup estimates that low employee engagement is costing the global economy a whopping 8.1 trillion US dollars. Let me repeat that once again. 8.1 trillion US dollars, Gallup estimates, is lost due to low engagement. It's like 10% of world's GDP, right? That just got impacted. So huge impact, huge impact due to the COVID situation. But as I said, that the, the the subject of low employee engagement is not only a pandemic or a, any epidemic dependent. Uh, consistently, if we look at last 10 years of data, the employee engagement has been low. Of course, it has gone up for the you know last uh, five or six years consistently. That is a good news. However, uh, this low employee engagement, which is lying around 15% or 20% or, you know, it, at the max it went to 20% in 2019. Whatever it is, if the employee engagement lies around 20%, it, it will keep hitting the global economy in terms of money. Leaders and business houses out there who does not care about employee engagement, from, from my end, one message to you. If you do not care about your employees and customers, at least care about your money. Because at the end of the day, if you neglect employee engagement, you're, you're going to lose a lot and lot of money. All right, with this, let's go to the region-wise breakup of this data. All right, let's start with the life impact. And if you guys remember, at the start of the show, I told you that 45% of the people felt their life were impacted due to the pandemic. Now, out of this 45%, if you break it up, then we'll see that uh, 46% were females and 44% were males. Now, let's look at the region-wise breakup. We're the top three um, countries or regions, right, which actually scored higher in, in this. So, number one, where, uh, you know, a lot of people came forward and said their life were impacted. Number one is the Middle East and North Africa region, where 54% of people said their life were impacted. And if you look at number two, we have United States and Canada, where 50% of the people responded that their life were impacted. Number three is South Asia, which is, of course, uh, 
India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, where 49% people recorded that their life were impacted. Let's look at the countries or regions which did actually well in this. At the very end of this report lies Australia and New Zealand, where only 22% of the people said that they felt their life was impacted by the COVID situation. I think there's some good stuff that has happened over there in that region. So kudos should go to the government there and the businesses there. All right, because good things should be applauded. So good job there, Australia and New Zealand. Let's go to the next one. And that is uh, lost in pay. And if you remember, just to recall that data, 50% of the people said that they uh, lost some pay or, you know, in terms of bonus or salary, whatever, they lost some pay. Right. And in that, if we break it up into gender, uh, 47% were females and 53% were males who said that they were impacted. Now let's get, get to the regional ranking. Number one was Southeast Asia, where 67% of the people said that they got a pay cut. Number two was Sub-Saharan Africa, where 64% said they got a pay cut. Number three was Latin America and the Caribbean, where 54, uh, 57% of the respondents said that they were a pay cut. So these three regions uh, did not manage that pandemic situation in a better way. Uh, you know, the, maybe the businesses suffered uh, a lot there, and that's where uh, they, they kind of uh, penalized the employees, which ideally should not happen. Uh, unless you know you are kind of hand-to-mouth situation you're a small-time business owner or you, you do not have a lot of uh, profits and cash flow in your company uh, unless that's the case uh, you ideally should back your employees during the hard days uh, even that means that your your, your your profit goes down your cash flow goes down you, you your balance sheet might not look clean for one year or two year but you can always get back money right uh, but what you cannot get back is things like trust, loyalty, uh, happiness, sadness. These are something. These, these are these are feelings, and uh, once impacted, it's very very difficult to get things back. Now let's look at the region which actually did well in in this regard, and that is Western Europe, where only twenty five percent, twenty four percent of the people said that they got a pay cut. All right, so good job, Western Europe. Let's get to the next one, and that is lost a job or business. If you remember, I said 32% was the global impact. 32% said that they either lost their job or their business or suffered in the business. All right, 32%. That's a lot. If we break it up into gender, then we uh, we can see that 31% were females and 33% were males out of the survey. And let's look at number one, two, three regions which actually did poorly. South Asia is number one. So India, we did not do well during this time. Uh, there's a lot of impact. Uh, of course, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, you know, also comes into South Asia. But uh, India being a major player in the South Asia, so I'm, I'm pretty much sure that the sample size from India was pretty much good and 50% of the people were impacted in terms of losing either job or uh, you know doing poorly in business so definitely something that uh, uh, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka all can learn from uh, this has been a 
unprecedented situation. Never ever uh, seen this kind of situation. Uh, our parents never seen. Our grandparents never saw. Uh, definitely, it would be a lesson to learn. And uh, with with manufacturing, with startups coming in India, a lot of good times ahead. Uh, I'm sure uh, in the coming days, this particular data would definitely improve. All right. Number two was Southeast Asia at 42%. And number three was Sub-Saharan Africa at 37%. So these regions need to improve. Now let's look at which particular region did actually well. And that is once again, Western Europe. Good job done once again. Only 6% of the employees said that they either lost their job or suffered in their business. Only 6%. Minimal impact. So... Uh, I think uh, not only the uh, the business owners and the employers took uh, good care of the employees there, but I think uh, the government also should be congratulated for the success. So good job there. All right, let's look at the next one, employee engagement, the most important stats uh, in this report, which uh, not only, I mean, most important for me or for you, but for business owners who at least thinks about money or dreams about money, employee engagement is a big, big thing because it's hitting 10% of the GDP. So let's give it some seriousness it deserves. All right, let's look at employee engagement, 20% impact globally, as I said. Let's look at the gender analysis. So out of this 20% engagement, 21% were females. So females were more engaged than the males, uh, 3%. Uh, there's a 3% gap in males and females. So that, that's, that's an interesting one. Let's look at the regional ranking. Now the number one, two, three regions which actually did well in this. Number one is United States and Canada, wherein 34% people said that they were engaged. All right, that's number one. Number two, Latin America and the Caribbean. 24% said uh, they were engaged. And number three is South Asia. So good job, India, here. 24% employees said that they were engaged. But as, as I said before, there can be two factors at play. There can be a fear factor at play because people were losing jobs uh, you know, left, right, center. Or... It can be a shared struggle, uh, an experience of shared struggle that brought people together and they were engaged in their job, right? It can go either way, but uh, I think good job, United States, Canada, good job, Latin America, Caribbean, and good job, uh, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. So good job there. Let's also look at the country which actually fared very poorly, and that is very uh, uh, unlikely, Western Europe. So Western Europe, in this case, did not do well. 11% uh, of the employees were uh, in a, at least surveyed to be engaged, right? So Western Europe actually did well in terms of less of job cuts or pay cuts. But in terms of engagement, somewhere something is wrong that that's going on there. Uh, I, I probably have to analyze more into that. All right, let's get to the next topic. And that is daily worry. As I said before, that 41% survey said 41% uh, people felt uh, a daily worry for the previous day. And if I look at the gender analysis, once again, there's a 3% gap. 43% uh, were female and 40% were male. And let's look at the region-wise breakup. Number one country in this ranking is Latin America and the Caribbean, 
where 55% of the people said that they felt void. So in this case, the number one uh, <laughs> number one ranked country actually is not doing well. 55% employees you know, were worried all throughout the day, which is not good. Number two, United States and Canada, where 48% of the people said that they uh, felt a daily worry, which is also not good. Number three, Southeast Asia, where 47% people felt a daily worry. Let's look at the country or the region which actually did uh, a good job here, and that is Commonwealth of Independent States. So good job there. I think this this covers more or less your Russia and uh, all the formal USSR countries, some Nordic regions. And I think 26% people over there said that they felt uh, less daily worry. I mean, they felt daily worry. So 26% is uh, it's, it's it's below last 10 years of average. So I think it's, it's a good job done there. Let's look at the next data. That is daily stress. Now the global data, uh, 43%, if you remember, 43% of the people said that uh, globally, they said that they felt daily stress. And out of that, if I look at the gender analysis, 46% felt stress uh, where females and 42% felt stress where males. So there's a 4% gap. Females for sure felt more stress last year. Now let's look at the region-wise uh, analysis. And number one is United States and Canada, where 57% people said that they felt daily stress. Not good at all. Not good, not only for the country, not good for the employee, not good for the employer, not good for uh, humans. So many of you do not know how much stress impacts us. You know, the stress hormone cortisol is one of the primary stress hormone. And whenever you get stressed out, cortisol is emitted in your body. And uh, let's say you, you're you sleeping at night and suddenly you hear a noise. Uh, you, you basically panic, you get stressed out. You, you are eager to see what was the noise all about. So the moment you get uh, that noise and your, your body alerts you, uh, cortisol is at play within your body. And once you open the door and you then check your house and you see that, okay, it might be a wind or, or, or a cat that might have caused the noise, then you kind of relax and go back to your bed. And when you when you relax and go back to your bed, your, your cortisol leaves your body, right? So that kind of stress is okay, all right? Because stress uh, is supposed to, uh, you know, uh, alert you. And stress is something which is a very essential component of our life. Without stress, I mean, life without stress is not good also, right? So stress is supposed to come come to you and then leave you, right? It should it should uh, play the role of alerting, right? And, and that's where uh, stress is a very, very important survival mechanism, right? If you do not get the alert, if you do not get stressed out, then, you know, one day actually a a thief or a burglar might enter your house and cause damage, right? So uh, stress is supposed to happen to you and then uh, leave your body, right? You should not be facing or, or experiencing consistent stress throughout your day, consistent stress throughout your life. That is not good. And consistent stress throughout the day or throughout the month or throughout the year can cause a lot of diseases, right? So stress is not supposed to be in your body consistently. And so if 57% of the people in the United States and Canada says that they felt daily stress, so that is not good for their health, 
right? So I think employers uh, out there needs to correct that and needs to uh, see how they can reduce the stress level of the employees. What's causing this high stress level? Number two is East Asia, where 51% of the respondents said that they felt stress. Number three is Middle East and North Africa, where 50% of the people said that they felt stress. So again, these countries also need to work on stress. Let's see which country did well on stress. And once again, Commonwealth of Independent States, uh, people uh, living in this region said that only 21% people said that they felt uh, daily stress. So good job there once again. I think uh, a lot of good stuff that happens there, uh, you know, in terms of government or business houses, employers, whatever they're doing, I think that needs to be studied and uh, replicated across to other regions, if possible, as a best practice to, to re reduce stress. I, I would also want to highlight one more uh, region which actually did well on the stress factor, and that is our own country, India. So Commonwealth of Independent States lying at the 11th spot, and India is lying, uh, South, South Asia is lying in the 10th spot where India is a major player, uh, where only 31% of the people said that they felt a daily stress. So definitely 31% is not a great number, but it's uh, when, you're, when your global average is around 43%, 31% uh, looks uh, a, a respectable score. So good job, India, and good job, Commonwealth of Independent States. Let's look at the next one that is daily anger and if you remember that I, I told 24% of the people uh, surveyed said they felt daily anger. Look at the gender gap 25% were females 23% were males so not too much of a gap there 2% gap but again uh, it's, the, it's the females who felt more anger than the males on a, on a daily basis that's clearly coming out here. Let's look at the ranking Number one is Middle East and North Africa, where 38%, 38% is, is a big score. 38% people felt daily anger, all right? So that's not good, all right? Just like stress, anger can cause a lot of uh, issues within your body and cause, cause a lot of diseases. So just like stress, anger staying in your system for a long time uh, is also not good, all right? So I think uh, employers need to do something about it there. Uh, second spot is South Asia. Very, very uh, interestingly, unlikely. I was not expecting so uh, South Asia. Sorry, South Asia to be at number two, where 32% of the people said that they felt uh, anger throughout the day. Again, South Asia means India is the major player there. So people in India, uh, stress, we are doing well, but anger, we are not doing well. So this is something very interesting. And I think this is something that we all need to deep dive and look at what's happening. Maybe we all need to do some yoga and meditation and, uh, you know, spend some time with uh, friends and family. And I think employers in India, one thing that I have noticed is, uh, of course, there, there, there are a lot of factors that are at play when we talk about anger. It can be pay cuts, it can be uh, losing jobs, it can be losing uh, a very close family member. Uh, due to which your anger is there. It can be a forced work from home situation due to which, uh, you know, you, you, a lot of people do not have a work from home setup. So you're, you're working from your employer is forcing you to work from home and you do not have the infrastructure to work from home. 
so you might have a bad day at work in terms of internet breaking down power outage your kids might be playing behind you that might have contributed to your anger who knows uh, you know what what might have caused but since the data suggests that uh, people in india especially had uh, felt a lot of anger throughout the day um, i think this suddenly needs to be looked at by the employers what they can do about it and also by the people on how they can uh, do some anger management themselves right i think self help is the best help so i think we all need to get into yoga meditation spend some time quality time with our kids our family uh, and that that definitely helps to reduce our daily stress and anger let's look at the third one sub saharan africa 25% of the people said that uh, they felt daily anger and the region which actually did tremendously well is australia and new zealand where only 13% of the people said that they felt uh, daily anger so good job there let's move on quickly uh, there is a lot of stats that's you know in front of my eyes and i'm just trying to cover the important ones quickly for you uh, because i know i'm talking about a lot of numbers and might be going uh, over your head a lot of stats but but i'm just trying to spend some time on the important ones only this is a very detailed report let's get into the next one that is daily sadness If you remember I talked about this daily sadness on a global level 25% of the people uh, said that they felt daily sadness uh, throughout 2020 and if I look at the gender gap once again uh, the females uh, felt daily sadness more than the males 27% females said that they felt daily sadness and 23% males uh, said that they felt daily sadness so 4% gap that's a good gap Let's look at the regional ranking here. Number 1 is Middle East and North Africa where 35% people said that they felt daily sadness. Not good. Uh second is uh, South Asia, again India over here 34% people said they felt daily sadness. And I think this might be uh, due again impact in the business impact in the job insecurity regarding because India is a big country so we had an insecurity regarding our healthcare uh, vaccination right mask pp kits initially so insecurity might be at play uh, people might have lost their you know close friends and family member due to which you know it might have contributed to sadness so and of course uh, you know there, there has been a lot of negativity uh, you know throughout the media during the pandemic situation so media i, I think media did not uh, do a good job uh, in india during the pandemic situation which might have impacted to the sadness as well so more than positive things media showed the negative things all right so i think that might have contributed but whatever it is uh, i think uh, we guys in india need to cheer up because just recently we concluded uh, i mean we completed 100 crore vaccination right so that's a very very good news and that means we are very closer to a target and uh, with the rate at which vaccination campaign is going on I'm very very optimistic that India will cover its population very quickly and then we'll start exporting our uh, you know vaccines on a large scale to a lot of countries and poor countries which actually needs uh, our help our vaccines and I think that that's definitely there on the card uh, the third wave you know luckily and touching the wood it has not come so far and I hope it stays away right so uh, so I, I don't want at least india to suffer in anger and sadness it, it really pains me to see 
this particular data up there. Number three is Southeast Asia, which records 30 percent of the people said that they felt daily sadness. Where compared to India, uh, I mean, compared to South Asia, which is primarily India, 34 percent people said they felt daily sadness. Also, let's look at the country or region which did actually well here. And uh, the first entry in this entire report is East Asia. East Asia, people in East Asia felt less sadness on a daily basis. Only 15% responded said that they felt sadness. So good job, East Asia. All right, let's get into the next section, the environmental section. Now here, as I said, 62%. Uh, was the global data 62% people felt that they were satisfied the efforts to preserve the environment and and in this as well uh, we see a, a small difference during uh, I mean when we look at the male versus female comparison uh, in this case uh, the male population there were 63% of the male population said uh, they were satisfied in their country's efforts to preserve the environment compared to 61% of the female which said that they were satisfied to their, um, I mean, with the efforts of their country to preserve the environment, all right? Now let's look at the global ranking or the regional ranking per se. Uh, number one is East Asia, where 79% of the respondents said that they were happy with the country's efforts to preserve the environment. That's good. Uh, next in the entry is South Asia. Once again, India is making the entry here and we all know how the Narendra Modi government is uh, leading the climate change efforts throughout the world. So I think uh, that's reflecting here. Uh, South Asia is recording 72% of the people stating that uh, they were happy with their country's efforts to preserve the environment. So good job, India. Southeast Asia recorded 70%. Again, good job there. And then let's look at the region which actually did not well here. And that is Latin America and the Caribbean, where only 30, 31% of the people said or felt that their country was doing enough to preserve the environment. All right, let's go to the next section. That is governance. How many people felt that there is corruption within the businesses located in their country? And if you remember, this was at 69%. The last 10 years average was also around 70%. So this is not an impact of pandemic, but overall, if I look at this data and the trend, I can say that although, you know, for 2020, 69%, but overall it's lying around 70%, right? 70% of the people globally feels that uh, corruption is widespread in the business located in their country. Then let's now look at the region-wise and that will give us a good insight uh, regarding which country has pushed this uh, stats to 69%, which has contributed largely. So number one is Sub-Saharan Africa. Over there in that region, 80% of the people said or felt that there is corruption within the business. 80%. So that's quite a lot. Uh, number two is Commonwealth of Independent States. Now, Commonwealth of Independent States uh, did very well in some of the metrics, and I was not actually expecting uh, Commonwealth of Independent States at number two for this particular uh, region wise ranking, but it is what it is. So, in that region, 
76% of the people felt there is corruption in the business. And then number three is Latin America and the Caribbean, where 76% once again, people felt that there is uh, a lot of corruption going around in the business. All right, so these countries need to sort that thing out. Um, of course, it does not uh, mean that actually there might be corruption, right? Because these are surveys uh, done and uh, sampling done. So people who were surveyed and asked this question gave their opinion. So this can be a perception also. Uh, this might not be a reality but uh, as we all know that since we are all humans and we have senses we have gut feeling so whenever on a mass scale people have a particular gut feeling more often or not we have found that gut feeling to be correct right so when we feel something is not right or i mean more times we have uh, we have seen that that turns out to be right so I would still not get into this debate of whether this is an actual stat or not, but this is what the people felt. And if people, and I mean, if if eighty percent people, seventy six percent of the people are feeling that uh, there is corruption, then there is definitely something going on which the employers need to look. Let's look at the region which actually did well in this category, and then uh, I mean, and, and there I find. Australia and New Zealand at the bottom of this list where only 37% of the people uh, thinks that there is corruption uh, existing. India lies right in the middle at number six where 73% of the people felt that there is corruption in the business. So again, not a great data to look at. Um, uh, I mean, South Asia, 73% again. I talk about India and South Asia because uh, India is a major player there, but South Asia also uh, brings in surveys from Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, Nepal, uh, and uh, Sri Lanka. That that entire belt is, is basically surveyed. But again, India has a larger population. So uh, if I look at 73% uh, data from South Asia, I can easily uh, you know understand that India is playing a major part there. All the businesses, all the startups that's coming uh, in India, the unicorns that's happening, all, all good stuff happening, great. But I think while we are uh, doing all these startups and all these unicorns are coming up, I think we also need to be very, very careful about this perception of employees, about their employers, that there is corruption. The corruption might not be any monetary corruption. Corruption can be biased promotion. Corruption can be... Uh, biased dealing when uh, get, getting into a customer deal. There can be biased dealing happening. Corruption can be uh, you know, in terms of uh, company earning the profit but not sharing the profit with the employees. So it, it can be at a various levels, right? And again, it's the employee's perception might not be the actual case. But as I said, when a lot of people have a gut feeling, then there's something going on there and employers need to look at. All right, with this, we come to the end of this podcast uh, and end of this episode. As I said before, that there is a lot to share in this particular report, but since it's a 191-page report, I cannot share everything. And even if I am able to share everything, you would not listen to the entire podcast. So I hope you have liked this and I hope you would share this information with more and more people, with your friends and family, so that everybody's aware. And I'll see you in my next episode with some interesting topics. Goodbye to all of you.